0: Nikki. Hey Selena. And hello everyone and welcome to Sweet Tea and TV. Hey y'all. So before we jump into the episode today I have something on my mind that I wanted to talk to you about. Mm, okay. 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 Is this a family heart to heart? It or? sounds like I'm about to go down that path but yeah. not really. Um, I mean it can be a family heart to heart but it's not necessarily that serious. Oh well thank god.
1: Go for it then.
0: Okay, so I guess, and it might be a little late for this by the time this one um, actually airs. Although we're much closer now than we used to be, boy, are we? (laughs) Just just really squealing in on two wheels some (laughs) weeks, eh? Um, All of us. Um, So, so we posted something to social media. We posted it on everything: Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. I think I even put it on YouTube. I think. But anyways, this is the scene. It's a couple episodes back. It's called The Mistress. We renamed it Rude, Lazy, Horny, and Dumb. This is where Suzanne starts her dieting. Mm. And she's eating rice cakes. And her and Mary Jo have this exchange about the rice cakes. And Suzanne's like, yes, I'm cranky after 12 hours. And yes, I will ride through a Taco Bell and just drive into it with my car. Like all this mess, you know. And, you know, talks about Mary Jo. Like, of course you wouldn't understand. You're little and tiny and cute. You know, not that I've... Heard it a time or two lately, but um, anyways, so I just have to say that if you don't already know this, Nikki, from like popping in and taking a look at things, it is now our most popular post on all three of those platforms. Probably the most relatable. And and that's what I really wanted to get your take on. I was just curious if like, if you had thought about it, because it's not necessarily like the most in-depth content that we've ever done. I mean, you know, I like to take those clips and tailor them a little bit to us and put some GIFs on them, gif gifs, gif uh, gifs, Of whatever, wherever your comfort is on the pronunciation of that. Um, you know, just... I'm to, a GIF gal myself. And I know you are. Um, and that's why I like to, I like to be inclusive. <laughs> I like to set the table for everyone, if you will. <laughs> Gifts and GIFs alike. Um, but I like to do that to tailor the content a little bit. But it's just like there, let's just put it this way. There are definitely pieces of social media content that I've spent more time on and gotten less engagement with, you know. So I, I was just, I've been thinking a lot lately about how interesting it is that something that like 30 years old, 30 plus years old is still resonating that much with people. I think that's why they
1: say that there are, like, tenants of marketing or, or business that if you go into those businesses, you will, unless you screw up badly, you will have success. And, like, weight loss is one of them and, like, body image is one. I think sex is another one. Right. Um Sometimes religion can be, I think, depending on all the things you really shouldn't talk about at the dinner table happen to be the things that people love to read about and hear about. So I think when you can boil any one of those down into a really funny, quick little snippet, Mm -hmm. I think that's going to resonate with people. So yeah. And I think
0: most people, most people can relate to Suzanne at some point in their lives. I, you know, I do, it, I do think this is her most relatable season, you know, mm-hmm. and I've called her the most unrelatable, relatable character. And that's mm-hmm. that's how, you know, she's in furs and she talks about her, all her money a lot. And I don't know that all of that's relatable, but there, she's got a air about her in some ways. And mm-hmm. I think this is just really one of those. Um, also, I guess a couple of other thoughts I had was like, um, there is a designing women's side of TikTok
1: mm-hmm. and we
0: found it. <laughs> <laughs> we're finally there yeah designing what, women talk i don't know uh dw talk uh whatever it is i just like i wasn't expecting it but um i think i will say that like it it's more if- <laughs> It feels more exciting to talk about something that people are excited about. Mm. Um, And it has been very gratifying to see how many people love this show. I will tell you that one thing I'm not very good at is, like, jumping in and being like, have you checked out our podcast? Mm. Uh, Well, that feels awkward. Yeah. Self-promotional. Right. So, um, but I have tried to jump in and engage with people and, like, do it in a way that's, like, lower key. or um, But I think it it also – really resonated with people because of what you mentioned, which is like the, the body image stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing, you know, we've talked uh, this season a lot about Delta Burke and, and, and how she reportedly asked for these scenes because the way the media was treating her and because of their obsession with her body and all of this. And, um, and she's just gotten so much love on these posts. Mm. And I was like, I wish you could see that. And I just wanted to share that with you because you and I haven't really had time to talk about this. Like, we have, mm-hmm. we have one or two other things going on. But, like, I just, I wonder how that will make her feel. Yeah. To see people just give her so much love to talk. Like, I really do think that Suzanne might be the most favorite character. Like, if I was just, like, taking a temperature read on these, like, you know, um, uh, the emotionality of these posts, mm-hmm. it would be that she's a favorite character. People really love her. They relate to her um and uh you know i think they can just see themselves in her a little bit i also wanted to share something that's been nagging me a little bit though about these posts um a lot of people well intentioned okay have jumped in to say that she's she's not even overweight or she's Mm. not even fat Mm -hmm. or she's not even this um or she's skinny you know, and I understand, this is social media. It's first blush reaction. These aren't dissertations, and I get that. Um, but I just wanted to say, it's not really the point. Right. You know, and um, not that there's only one point about this, yeah. but I think it's, it's more like this incessant need we have as women, as humans, to live up to society's expectations of who we are, and it just makes you flipping miserable. I think that one's complicated because on the one hand,
1: she's talking about, losing weight and not wanting, you know, not wanting to be the size she is. Mm-hmm. So on the one hand, I think it's a, an instinct to be self, um, uh, self-affirming or something sure. like you're not even that big, you know, that thing you do with your friends sometimes or with other women where you're like, what, no, what are you talking about? You're perfect. Just the way you are. So on the one hand, I think people are trying to do that. I think the flip, unfortunately of it is it's inherently a comment on someone's body. Even a positive one is a comment on something that probably should just be neutral, yeah. It's just a neutral topic, the size of your body. It doesn't right. need to be, and this is a pep talk to myself also as well, sure. but it doesn't same. need to be this laden conversation where you're, you know, gauging or judging your self-worth against the size of your body. The size of your body is totally irrelevant. But I think we're so conditioned to do it that now we're we're trying to retrain our brains. And the positive, you know, it's if we're positive about it, then it's not a big deal. Right. But it's the same thing.
0: Right. And this is like... Again, like I said, like I think this is these are well intentioned, kind I agree, comments. For sure. um, I think I have seen like people are mean on social media. They're awful. I've only seen like a couple of comments that I was like, "Dang, that's rude." But like, and I mean, literally, like a couple out of many, 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 many comments. And so, um, so I only so like that is not uh, to be for me to be like a butthole towards right. them. Yeah. It is really more of this thing that like we've evolved this far. From where we were then and i'm very excited to see us keep evolving that's
1: the next great frontier right is the body neutral yeah i think that um i think it's the thing i always say about social media which is like you're allowed to have thoughts I certainly have thoughts. When I see something pop up in my feed, I don't ever want to sound like I'm holier than thou or above everybody else. Like I definitely have thoughts where I have to check myself sometimes and say, like, you don't need to think that. That's not your body. You don't need to think that. That's not your voice. That's not your personality. You let them live their lives. You're allowed to have those thoughts. We have this constant running commentary. I think the point is catching yourself and correcting it if mm-hmm. it needs to be corrected. And then also, like you just don't have to share it. I have so many thoughts I just don't share.
0: And that's not, that is not even really relative to this. Yeah. Oh, for for sure. Social media in general. Like I find that fascinating and you know me, I can't keep my mouth shut. Yeah. But even in like a social, like you just know, like, I can't add to this. This is not going to help. Like, it's sort of like that family member that you just know you're not going to politically bring them around. So just stop. That's how I feel on social media. I told you a couple episodes back when we were talking about me
1: going to Key West that I joined a Facebook group and had Mm -hmm. to like venture Mm -hmm. back into Facebook. Facebook is like the wild, wild West. Like it is the most opinionated, most vocal group of people of any of the social media platforms. And in that group, I told Kyle the amount of Key West gatekeeping so, the amount of people who are like, this is our place. Why are you coming here? is alarming. Oh, one, weird. yeah, it, strange. And then two, presumption that vacationers are stupid or something. So, like, um, fortunately, I wasn't on the receiving end of it when I posted in this group, but I had, a, I had anxiety about posting in this group based on things that I had seen. Because, like, one person last week posted, or earlier this week posted, um, I finally unfollowed the group because I realized I don't need to be in this group anymore, but I hadn't been following it for the drama because it is dramatic. But she posted, like, we're coming down to Key West. We haven't decided where we're going to stay yet. We're coming in three weeks. Does anyone have a recommendation on a company that we should use for snorkeling? Mm -hmm. The very first comment is, don't you people ever Google before you post? The next comment is, you're coming down here and you don't even have a place to stay. What are you going to do? Just join this group and beg for places to stay, which was not what she was doing. She was asking for recommendations on a snorkeling company The next comment was like, there might have been some not so mean comments sprinkled in between, but then the next one was like, don't you dare come down here and stay on this half of the island because we already have too many tourists and we don't need people like you who can't even plan your vacation more than two weeks in advance. And this poor woman was just trying to get snorkel place recommendations. It was the most obscene like, I would be embarrassed to be. F- and one other lady one time. Why there was, are
0: people so angry? There was a post
1: where this woman was like, I'm looking for a new church. Um, you know, in Key West, can anybody suggest something? Not my Jesus. The first comment said, why are you going to church? You're on vacation. And she was like, because I live here. And I like to go to church. <laughs> Is the wildest. And that to me was a cross section of Facebook and a reminder for why I left because people are absolutely out of pocket on that platform. Yeah. People are just incapable of editing their thoughts um, in their minds. They just can't do it. They cannot have a thought that they do not broadcast to the world.
0: Yeah. And it's like at some point, like the whole world could use some etiquette classes, I think, anyway. But if we could tack on a social media class to that, that'd be great. Honestly, like, just, it's just not that hard. Yeah. Like, if you wouldn't
1: say it to someone's face standing in line at the grocery store, don't Probably post it online. The time, right. It's
0: just, it's going to inflame the issue. It's going to... Now, that said, I wouldn't make pe- peach cobbler in front of them either. I wouldn't make it, peach cobbler if they were in my house. I'm not trying to give it to them. It's mine. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, so that's... That was my stuff. I just needed to get that off my chest and see what you thought. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for handling social media. (laughs) I mean, like I said, for the most part, it's been really great. Yeah. So, um, you know, I mean, in fact, I had a friend who reached out and she was like, I couldn't help myself. And I was just so interested that this one, she was like, I noticed that it got um, a lot of attention. And she was like... So I started reading down through the comments and she was like, I couldn't believe how much of it was positive because, you know, social media. And right. I was like, I know, it's crazy. Because um, I'm just like sort of always waiting for the other shoe to drop because, again, people are mean. So
1: you just It's why know. I'm so afraid to do posts where we put our faces out there or like, I'm nervous when we do the podcast that there's always just gonna be that one comment that sticks in your head that's something you totally can't change. Like, right. God, her voice is annoying. I have a couple of podcasts that I follow um, on Reddit and also like on social media. And the things people post in the subreddit about these podcasts are just like, she can't do anything about her voice. Yeah. And they'll be like, she doesn't look anything like I thought she would. I thought she'd be
0: prettier. And you're like, why why would you say that it's not necessary it's not necessary it's not relevant and that's a a great example of something that you can't control thinking right (laughs) exactly exactly you can control your mouth you can control whether you say it out
1: and most importantly i mean it has to go from here to your fingers to the screen to the submit button there Mm -hmm. are like three intervention opportunities there like if, if it's like Some people just run their mouth a little too much sometimes and things, as I'm guilty of this, sometimes things come out before I have a chance to filter them and they might I like
0: to save that for work.
1: They might come out inarticulately and so sometimes I say things and then immediately have to walk it back. Like that is not how I meant for that to sound. I just want to be clear. You know that and I know that. So I understand that to an extent. But like there's like three opportunities to change your mind and be a better person and not ruin somebody's day who's just going about their
0: life. Honestly. There's this whole thing about- just turn it off. If you can't stand someone's voice, just turn it off. I mean, that's the thing. I finally unfollowed that Key
1: West group because it was overwhelming to me. Like on the one hand, it was glorious to watch some of this happen because it's just a nice reminder that people can be really crappy. If I needed that reminder, that reminds me. Um, But also like I just didn't need to see it anymore. I unfollowed someone on Instagram this week who like just got to the point where I just, it was annoying. They were just annoying me. And instead of telling them, I can just leave.
0: Just go. Yeah.
1: I have to exist in the world with them, whether I've told them they're annoying or not. So. Was it me? I unfollowed you this week. (laughs) This may not be the best time to tell you. (laughs) I didn't want this to happen on air, but yes, I unfollowed you and the podcast. (laughs) That's right. Uh, Please be better. (laughs) I can't think of a good transition.
0: No, it's all right. Let's talk about the
1: episode. All right. Designing Women, season four, episode 24. I, I'm going to forever pause for a second and just make sure that I'm on the right number. Oh, you are. 20, okay. 24, yes. Okay. Foreign affairs. We've had some numbering issues this year. It, and by we, I mean me. And I get it in my head and I get confused. It's been hard. So this one is foreign affairs. Suzanne persuades Anthony to impersonate Consuela to apply for citizenship so that she isn't deported. Air date April 30th, 1990. We're calling this one Suzanne and Anthony defraud the United States government written by Cheryl Bascom. And Selena, I would love to turn this week's trivia
0: over to you because it felt very personal. Oh, it does, doesn't it? I forgot that I had written this. Yeah, so um, I looked her up, and when I did, she doesn't have that many credits, but it turns out she was the casting director for a cartoon I watched no fewer than like 3,000 times when I was a kid. It's called Happily Ever After. This is like a Snow White continuation story where Snow White gets to be the hero and she saves the prince. I like, I barely even remembered the plot until I was looking into it, although I do remember a couple of the songs, which is kind of weird <laughs> i remember the songs but not the plot um but she's helped by the seven dwarfettes so the, the bad guy is a man instead of being a woman and the queen like in the original movie it all feels very of uh, and i think this came out in 89 um and it's also very 89 like this is their uh the 89 version of like let's give women a solid all right yeah i can get behind anyways, that anyways i love this movie when i was little and i think it was like maybe the people who broke off from disney And, like, made a series of cartoons. It's, like, in the line of, like, Secret and Nim and some other cartoons we've talked about at another point this year. Um, There's so many people
1: in this. Yes, big names. Ed Asner, Carol Channing, Phyllis Diller, um, Dom DeLuise, Jaja Gabor, Tracy Ullman. I'm sure I've seen this. I'm going to admit to you this is the first time I've pulled it up Mm -hmm. because I thought it was a TV show.
0: Mm-hmm. and i was like yeah oh. no, i never watched this tv show oh the one that was like in the line of like married with children there was like an unhappy oh no, no i love that show i've yeah. definitely seen that i
1: knew it was I a cartoon too. i thought it was like a weird obscure disney daytime cartoon or something okay yeah i've probably seen this not as many times as you have no no no, no. i'm glad i could give you the gift of delivering that information to us today
0: well that's I, I, I hope y'all enjoyed it as much <laughs> as i did as a child. <laughs> So this episode was directed
1: again by David Trainer. This is a series of David Trainer episodes. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. All right. General reactions and stray observations. My first general being that most of my reactions are stray.
0: Okay. (laughs) Perfect. Um, I guess you could maybe label my first general reaction as a stray as well. Maybe I, I just had this feeling in this one that I'm not, maybe I've had it before, but not as strongly as this time. I could really feel how gelled the cast was at the beginning of the episode with the bed scene. Oh, uh uh-huh. They felt natural. They felt, like, friendly. They felt, it didn't feel like a play scene. It didn't feel like anything like that. It felt more like moving towards modern comedy. Well, that's such Living a good point. in those small moments, but doing it well. Um, because sometimes, because I think the mileage varies sometimes on the small moments in sugar mm-hmm. Bakers. I think some of that is just time. Yeah. Like some things are not going to age as funny as other things will, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that kind of comfort and closeness, it's just, it's important because I think it's what makes you care about the show. It's what makes you care about the characters and it's what makes you keep coming back. And, and, and I just really enjoyed that about this one. That's
1: a really good point. I hadn't really thought about it. That, um, but when I when I stop and sit in the moment for a second, it really does feel like we're observing friends mm-hmm. week after week. We are observing people who genuinely enjoy being around each other.
0: They're not delivering a script. They're like having fun. And I hadn't I, thought about that. I don't mean this in a sexual way. They're literally in bed together. Yeah. You know, because that, uh, for those who are, it, you may have not seen the episode in a while, a bed gets delivered there and it's just trapped there all week. And it's like, it's basically, it's a gel bed or whatever. Arabian like, nights. That's right. <laughs> um, sexy Arabian nights um and like just Mary Jo like doing that somersault onto the bed that was really cute it just it felt like it was we were bringing out personalities and I just really enjoyed all that well you really see people's personalities in bed that's That's what I've heard that's
1: okay (laughs) generally speaking I'd say I thought this was a clever episode and it was silly and I liked it that was my only general reaction I
0: figured it did because it is like it's a, it's one of the absurd ones, it's right? It's peak absurdity. It, you, you I know I enjoy that comedy. I'll go ahead and spoil it and say I really like this one as well. It's um cute. uh my uh, another Mm-hmm. general reaction <laughs> welcome to the podcast selena <laughs> thank you it's so nice to be here um julia's role in this episode is annoyed bystander <laughs> oh the and whole episode she's just
1: mad annoyed bystander and then also at times incensed and yes. like a model american She's <laughs> just all those things wrapped into one
0: when charlene and mary joe told that hot tub story and julia perfectly paused and said <laughs> Charming story, <laughs> like just I don't know, it's, it's pretty great. But if I was them, I would roll the tape on her sweet Georgia Brown routine every sure. time she tried to get uppity. For sure, Good I'd be like, point. "Here, you see this? Why don't you calm down?" So I don't know. What else did you have in generals? Anything? Your general strays? I just have one more. She's got the strays, Selena. <laughs> I just have one more, which is Anthony is definitely me every day in my thirties with this line. Well, I'm not going, and that's final. I'm not wearing a wig. I'm not wearing a bra, and I'm not wearing any hose. I'm not going, and that's final. And then he goes. That's me. Oh, right. And then, and then I all, goes. I'll go. <laughs> and the wig is particularly. Yeah, it's just going. It's pain in the
1: butt. If that seems complicated with the amount of hair you've got. <laughs> does not seem easy. It
0: can happen, though, as I learned from dressing up like Daria. There you go. Yeah.
1: What you got? Did you notice we got a Mary Joe breast comment? When she was talking about the jail bed. It's in my likes. Feels like a big old breast. It's just hurt every time. We should be back on the bingo game. I know. know. That would be a good one. Um, So we talked about this off. Mike, uh, because embarrassingly, last episode, I thought, I had written in my notes that Anthony stabbed himself in the eye in that episode. It's actually this one, when we have that random line where they're like, what's up with your eye? And he's like, stab myself with a pencil. So Selena's theory is that it's to do with the cut lines that I'm about to mention. Um, so Anthony falls asleep on Charlene, which also feels kind of random. Mm-hmm. Well, it feels random because they cut a bunch of lines saying that he'd been up studying all night and he was really tired. Um, so it's possible while studying, he stabbed himself in the eye, I think was the, theory. We also learned that Charlene knows all of the world capitals and their number w- number one exports from every country because she, quote, yearns for knowledge, which is also something we've heard before.
0: Are you just guessing that's her? I did guess that was her, yeah. Same. I okay. just think that's funny because we don't really know, but when I, like, not 100%, but, like, you 100% know. And 100%, I just think, yeah. And I think that, actually, that's been kind of an exercise with this whole show is that those cut lines because we don't see who says it, yeah, is a testament to well-drawn characters, I think. That's true. So. There was
1: another cut line when Julia said she's pretty sure Suzanne acting as Consuela is probably a federal offense. And the only reason I bring it up is because Suzanne pointed out that tearing the tag off of pillows is mm-hmm. too.
0: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Uh, which, you know, given more time, I probably should have fact checked that. It definitely says it on the it pillow it, that yeah. it's a federal offense. What does that mean, though?
0: I don't know. Yeah. So anywho,
1: don't go tearing your tags off your pillows.
0: Yeah, don't go breaking my heart and don't go tearing tags off pillows. Although I do, just to be clear. Or tearing up my heart. Yeah, don't yeah. Don't be play quick playing games with my heart. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was trying so bad. Song <laughs> Heart to Heart. That's a song, right? <laughs> Two of hearts. hearts. That one? That one. <laughs> yeah i need you i need you (laughs) copyright violation (laughs) (laughs) jail (laughs) they're gonna come get me for my beautiful singing voice (laughs) and tearing tags off the pillows Uh, i had the return of tony and cassandra hall that's the ones with the pillows this is the beverly hills couple mary joe went off back in episode she goes off on um back in episode seven which is bernice's sanity hearing um Did they seem like oddly obsessed with their sex life to you? It feels like it came up in every scene. But they did have their bed in the They had their bed yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably why. Yeah. But it just, it just, I just noticed it. Like every time it came up, it was like, "We're laying in the bed where they're gonna perform hundreds of sex acts." And then the next one, it was like, "They're, I bet you they're out there making love outdoors right now, or whatever it was." I was like, "We just keep doing it over and over again."
1: What you're watching happen with my glazed eyes Uh, mm -hmm. and looking off into the distance is because one of the things. What yes, one of the things I liked. Gotcha. One of the things I liked was Charlene's quote where she said, we do seem to tell a lot of tacky stories, and I don't understand it. Basically, we're very nice girls. For whatever reason, that line hit me so hard. I laughed every single time she said it. And I think that while you were saying that, I was like, oh, it's because they tell a bunch of tacky stories. So they just keep going to the tackiest of tacky. They've gotten too comfortable with one another is what's happened.
0: (laughs) I guess. I think that line hit me too, but it was like – it's okay to be sex positive too.
1: Is it also possible though that Cassandra and Tony uh, talk a lot about sex? And
0: so then when you talk
1: about them, that's really the only thing you can say. I mean,
0: I will tell you that I would not be very comfortable like if I went over to your house and you and Kyle were like just going on and on about it. I would be like, um, I'm good. But that's not, but like, I don't, that is what I would consider maybe a slight overshare unless someone is very (laughs) interested whereas like two friends gabbing about something feels different to me and like a fun time um (laughs) i also wanted to tack on to this whole tony and cassandra cassandra maybe it's cassandra anyways thing i think that this should have run much earlier in the season which we've (gasps) seen before in addition to these airing out of order um like it feels like a really big gap from seven to 24 for them to come up again as a client so i just was something that hit me um suzanne says she doesn't know where consuela is from but in earlier episodes we learned she's from san salvador it's a little bit of a runner that she doesn't know i think like i think that it's supposed to be funny like she just doesn't care so she doesn't know she's mm-hmm. Like, i don't know and uh no way i'm impersonating someone for a thousand dollars or whatever she maxed out at, $2,500. was a lot more than 1000 Today, it would be $2,321 or 5800 And I got to tell you, I'm still not going to defraud the U.S. government for that. That's not enough to do that. Not enough. And if I was him, I would be like. Especially as a former felon. If I was him, I would be like, no, you need to pay him off. Because he right. was like, this could go towards my loans. I'm like, no, you can pay off all yeah. my loans. And then maybe we can talk. Maybe. Just in case anybody's trying to figure out. What does it cost to bribe What's Selena? Selena's bribe. <laughs> but here's the thing. My college loans are paid off, so we'd have to start somewhere else. Jokes on you.
1: <laughs> My last stray is that they doubled down on Sugar Baker's address, 1521 Sycamore. Oh. So we heard this in season three, the Reggie Mac Dawson Bellboy episode. That's right. I yeah. uh, looked at notes. Uh, so there's there's consistency. Yeah. Check mark there. Oh, good job. That's it. How about things we liked? I told you about my line about the tacky stories. I really liked that line. And I loved Charlene's comeback about reading everyone's mail that comes across her desk after um, Suzanne's comment about reading all the mail that comes into her house. You don't like it. Get your own house. And so then Charlene says, you don't like it. Get your own desk. I thought that was glorious. And then my other favorite part of the episode was Anthony
0: taking the oath at the end and Mr. Tremaine winking at him. Oh, yeah. I laughed so hard. Ah. Uh, thought that was funny. I think we've covered all of mine because everything in the beginning was definitely a big like for me. Just like from the moment they start talking about that bed, everything that happens when they're kind of cuddled up in it, just making jokes. Um, Being besties. One, one thing we didn't talk about is Julia asked if Mary Jo talking about sex in front of Anthony was appropriate. Mary Jo says, well, sure, <laughs> he's got to learn what it is sometime. <laughs> um, and it did feel like, like to me, they almost feel like Like um, siblings. Yeah. Like all of them, except Mm -hmm. for Julia. Julia's the mom. Um, I always like it when we get snippets about Consuela. Mm Well, I don't always. Sometimes they're kind of mean, but I did like this one. (laughs) She says, This is Suzanne. I know she's into voodoo and she's temperamental, but, you know, we understand Understand each other. other. If I want her to make me a peach pie in the middle of the night, she doesn't. If she gets upset and throws a knife, I overlook it. (laughs) Is that how you feel about me and you? (laughs) (laughs) You'll overlook my knife throwing because occasionally I'll make a peach pie?
1: (laughs) Now I will. Now I'll be thinking that. I hadn't before, but you're right. So good. I was like, Their dynamic I is them. so so funny. It would never going back to that thing we've talked about before. It would never translate in real time. Like if we watched it, it would never be as funny as the thought of that
0: is. It's and it's so perfect. Because Suzanne would Suzanne. want a peach pie in the middle of the night, as would we all. And if you don't, then you haven't had a good peach pie. And just the whole, I the fact it.
1: that she's found her like soulmate
0: houseworker
1: yeah. in the person that throws knives at her—that she can't understand—that's
0: glorious to me. That's peak Suzanne. It's just, it's just really good. It's just good. What about dislikes? I, have, I have nothing either which means we got to go ahead and rate this and what'd you give it would you believe
1: coming in close to tell you would you believe I originally only gave it 4 <laughs> yes so i just i, I backed out and so at my rating scale is arabian nights gel beds okay and by i backed out i mean i i brought that's not clear i brought the score up okay
0: i gave it a 4.75 out of 5 i knew you weren't going to give it a 5 you had zero dislikes i know you put that sucker in a 5 such a wimp at least a 4 nine eight. Eight.
1: nine okay 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 <clears throat> for the record Nikki is changing the score to a 4.99.
0: I won't be happy unless when you make me crunch these numbers at the end of the season (laughs) for 17,000 episodes if I can have some decimal points in there. I'll be using Excel to do the work for me. Uh, Mm, But yeah, I thought this
1: episode was silly and it had plenty of Anthony. Consuela came out on top. In the end of everything, Consuela wins. It's true. Because she is now a citizen and she didn't have to do crap. She
0: didn't do anything. So what's not to like about that? Well, except she... Does all of Suzanne's. She has to work for Suzanne. That's in. a thing. Yeah. So I also had um, zero dislikes, which means I gave it a five out of five. <laughs> like one properly should. <laughs> yeah. And my rating scale was Lucy and Ethel style antics. Mm-hmm. 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 And, you know, I just love a Suzanne Anthony team up, especially when they're up to some foolish shenanigans like this one. Uh, and, not only did I like that closeness of the cast that mm-hmm. I've already talked about, but the other thing I like about it, in terms of being almost like a, a really soft B-plot, it was funny, it was realistic for a design firm. Like, it makes sense for, like, some sort of furniture to get trapped there. Yeah. And uh, it didn't pull away too much from the main thrust of the episode, but it gave the A-plot room to breathe. It was just good. It was pitch perfect. It was just good. It was just real
1: good. 90s things? So, this was a gel bed, apparently, but I'm putting it in the category of a water bed, and that's a 90s thing.
0: Yeah, it's so funny because I have it as a spillover from the 80s. Yeah. But, like, also have a question. Do like, we need to bring this back. It seemed comfortable. My parents had one. Now, did they have a gel bed or do they have a water bed?
1: So, you know, I should have asked them. Uh, They had a water bed. But what I don't know is if there's some sort of additive that you add to it that makes it sort of jelly. They had to put something in there so that the water didn't go stagnant. So there was some sort of treatment they put in.
0: That is a lot of work. It's
1: maintenance, man. It's a swimming pool in your bed. That's right. Is what it is.
0: Well, my uncle had like a really fancy one. And that one was closer to like a gel. There wasn't like a lot of movement. So I, I had one when I was a kid mm. and at my grandparents' house. Okay. And it was like a waterbed. Like, yeah. I mean, it, it basically, I was like on a water balloon, you know? Uh, yeah. One of those a blah, blah, blah. hot water bottle thing. Yeah. I nice. mean, just like a lot. Nice. Like you could get seasick, in, Yeah.
1: you know? I don't really understand the appeal. I didn't really care for my parents.
0: Yeah. I think they liked it though. Good for the back. That's what I've been told. For weight, if you've done weightlifting and you've hurt your back. Well, that happens to me all the or time. Or throwing it out from all the sex. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Oh, yeah. That's time two. Uh-huh. Um, that was all I had on my list, too, was the Arabian Nights. Southern things, then? <laughs> oh, I'm getting cut <gasps> out of the podcast. Um, I have peach pie on here. Yep. That seemed obvious enough
1: miss azalea festival oh yeah she wore the, the wig dress.
0: Mm-hmm. oh it was a wig yeah oh, i makes think more sense i think i was like how would that that also was a super funny
1: how he how he was sitting oh, this doesn't look good <laughs> or like oh no this is bad something like that the first time i was watching it i was like not watching the screen yeah. i was looking at something on my computer and then i looked up and he's like full-on wearing a wig and a dress so i had to rewind it to see like what doesn't look good and I realized he was looking in a
0: mirror and like just so he's just sitting so masculine you know um really kind of put a zing on it and I also think there's something interesting too because like the hmm it almost shows like the vulnerability of like what we build around womanhood Mm. because the minute he's in that dress and stuff and Charlene says anything about his teeth looking big or his feet looking big he's like you know, and gets all insecure it about it. Different. And I'm like, well, welcome. Welcome to the club, man. That's right. Have fun. Come on in. The water's not nice. Um <laughs> the water's depressing. The water's very sad. Uh references
1: we need to talk about? I wanted to mention one thing that could have potentially inspired this episode. Oh. So it's all about citizenship and um immigration. And I, something was just feeling that that question of sometimes is it important to back up a little bit and see why we're talking about this right now. Mm-hmm. So there was the Immigration Act of 1990, which was first introduced into Congress by Ted Kennedy in 1989. Um, so it's, it's feasible that they were having co- conversations about this act at the time that this episode was written. Mm-hmm. In very short, it increased the number of immigrants allowed to come to the U.S. each year and expanded family immigration numbers wise. So like made it possible for more families to come to the U.S., but it cracked down on what defined, quote, a family So it was very specific. It was like immediate family members or whatever. The whole idea being, um, so this is based on remarks I read from the George H.W. Bush administration who was in office at the time. The goals were to um, reunify more families. So there was less um, one half of a family coming to the U.S. being separated from their families. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the other part of it was to support the economy by allowing more labor to enter the United States. So we wanted to expand immigration and make it possible for more people to come to the U.S., but we wanted to... To do it in a way that kept families
0: together what was time. the talking point what a time what a time man yeah huh.
1: so i wanted to mention that
0: huh I got it. i didn't sit with that one for a minute
1: um don't look too hard it happened it's over <laughs> i think it's
0: a nice concept it is a nice concept um yankee doodle hmm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, So, Charlene said she didn't know who he was. So, I just figured I'd remove the mystery. He's not real. Just in case anybody doesn't know. Thank you. So, now you know. But did you know that it was a mocking term that was used by the British against Americans, like, in the lead up to the Revolutionary War? How'd that work out for him? Well, we took it, and we used it back against them. Suckers. Yes. America. That's um, that's actually what they shouted on the battlefield, um, America, better done. Although, like, so I th- I do think they do go. All- it, it there's a turn, and eventually we start using it as the unofficial anthem for the Continental Army. We reclaimed it. That's right, we reclaimed it. Thank you. I was trying to think of that word earlier. Um, and then eventually it's a nursery rhyme. Isn't time just (laughs) very interesting. Wild. Or the fact that Yankee Doodle went to town and riding on a pony stuck a feather in his cap and called it macaroni did not actually come around until 1842. That's a long time later. That's all I I don't understand what the macaroni is. Oh, it, I do. Good. So I looked at that. So it's not pasta. It is macaroni is, was like a slang term at the time for like, fashion like in the fashion or something and so basically they were saying is like these idiots they think they think a feather is being fancy or something oh like gosh they were snarky well
1: holly
0: <laughs> yeah yeah that's clever well because doodle that's that was like a way of calling us podunks oh like hillbilly mm-hmm. i love language it's very well, interesting thanks for teaching me that i thought you might like that one More than to learn about Hugh Downs or Little Lulu. But those are all of the references that were made in the episode. I will say, since we talked about cartoons already, I did have a VHS when I was little 100 years ago. And it was, I did like Little Lulu. It was like throwback cartoons. So it was all from the 40s. One was like Donald Duck and he went off to World War II. That's depressing. It really is. (laughs) I'm like, what are we teaching kids? But Little Lulu, it's like... um, she is skipping school and the whole thing is like about like her realizing that she shouldn't skip school. And it's all to like a 40s song. That's right. Um, that's right. Kids. That's right. You still have that VHS? I got some kids at home. Well, they don't want you to skip school so they can send you off to war. And that's the 1940s <laughs> kids. I'm going to say one more thing. Jane Wyman. I looked her up. We've already talked about her on the podcast before. So I know. I'm not looking to do that, but he's right. He looked a little bit like her in that wig. Oh. Like the cut and everything oh, on that uh-huh. wig. That's what they were talking about. It well, did look very much. He could have won right. the Miss Azalea Festival. That's right. How? What references do you want to take me through? That was it. My immigration one. Oh, okay. I didn't know if you had more. No,
1: that was my, the immigration one's the one I wanted to mention. Okay. That's it. Oh. We're done. Now I feel like I should have more. And furthermore, next episode, season four, episode 25. <laughs> Just it's
0: just laughable
1: at this have point. <laughs> faith no what'll be laughable is when you go 28? that's not right nikki oh. <laughs> we'd love everyone to follow along with us and engage instagram and facebook at sweet tea and tv uh, our tiktok handle is at sweet tea tv pod and you can find us on youtube by searching sweet tea tv our email address is sweet tea tv at gmail.com and our website is www.sweet and on the website you can find all of our show notes Uh, You can find some information on how to support the show if you're so inclined, and we'd love for you to rate or review the podcast wherever you listen. And then come back Thursday for Extra Sugar. We're going to talk about immigration, and uh, we're actually going to see, Selena how well you and I both do on that infamous civics test, this multiple choice test people have to take to become a U.S. citizen.
0: Anything could happen. What's the stakes that we have
1: to leave if we don't get it right? Honestly, I think at this point, Selena, it's just American pride.
0: American pride. Just the American
1: pride that's on the, okay.
0: Well, we'll see how it goes. I will
1: be doing my best. So that's it.
0: All right. Well, you know what that means.
1: What does it mean, Selena?
0: It means we'll see you around the bend. (laughs)